This, it was given me to know that many brews have been chugged by the beast and his army, the sloggers. And this too was given to me to know that the beast would come to our pod, the world of the thunderous wizard, and his black fortress would crash our party. That the spills of stouts would darken the carpet and the cries of the beerless echo through the deserted fridge. But one thing I cannot know, whether the prophecy be true, that a movie of ancient names shall become a flop of epic proportions. That the movie shall... <sighs> Jesus, this is exhausting. Whatever, man. We're doing crawl. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the 116th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wobam Entertainment. We are the Google Web's premier podcast dedicated to bad movies and good beers. For tonight's pod, we're covering the second entry in our Hops and Fantasy Flop series, as stated in the intro, we're going to be talking about 1983's Crawl. I am Chumpzilla, the magnificent host, short in stature, tall in power, narrow in purpose, and wide of vision. And I do not podcast with peasants and beggars. Well, maybe I'll make an exception this time. Joining me tonight is the thunderous, totally not Gandalf wizard, each to his fate. And you can find me at WriterTLK on Twitter, but usually now I'm just riding my fire mare into the clouds in glory. I have Bad a lot of ass. I have a lot of question about them horses. And as always, we have our resident slayer brain slug expert, Mayor McCheese. <laughs> Is Kroll still on? Oh, God. Uh, and you, yeah, you guys can find me at HBOF McCheese. Yeah, no, Kroll's over. We're watching Cole now. Boo, even worse. Yes, that is worse. And you can find me sharing quicksand escape techniques on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. And you can find the pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops and anywhere you can get your hands on the finest podcasts or the glaive. And don't forget to check out Wobam Entertainment at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter and Instagram for all your glaive-related pop culture content needs. Uh, if you'd right. like to buy a replica glaive, they're on eBay, and I think Etsy too. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the price tag on that thunderous wizard? Uh, it's like one hundred and sixty dollars, and I was very tempted to buy it. I'm That's assuming, more than a Captain America shield. I'm, I'm yeah, not. Well, tempted. it's also more deadly and way more badass than a Captain America shield. I'm assuming you're going to get it. The real question is, does it come with hand fire that you can only give to your true love? That was an interesting twist. I forgot about that. The hand fire. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's gonorrhea. Yeah, I think that was a metaphor. Okay. <laughs> so that brings us to beer. And for tonight's pod, I've selected Stone Brewing's Viking Space Probe Hazy Double IPA. 
I think that's aptly named for this movie because this movie's got space stuff and probably some probing. And I guess there's some Vikings. There's some axes. Liam Neeson's got an axe, so he must be a Viking, right? But no, this is a pretty standard, uh, you know, hazy double IPA. Uh, it checks in at a Captain Cash approved 8.5 ABV with 80 IBUs, although it doesn't quite taste that bitter to me, but it is pretty hoppy. And you can get this in uh, six packs of 12 ounce bottles or deuce deuce bottles as well it's brewed with ella and citra hops and it does pour a golden hazy color with a fluffy white head with a fair amount of head but it doesn't stick around for very long and you definitely get a hint of the tropical fruit you get a little bit of pineapple in there um, and i do get that little hint of spice i guess that's advertises cilantro but it's got a little heat to it and uh, i will say this though at 8.5 percent it's a little dangerous and you do taste the heat so i'm going to give this one and a half bad movies. It's pretty drinkable, but you can taste the danger in it. So you're not going to finish the second movie. So anyway, gentlemen, cheers. Well, cheers, but I'm just telling you that I would literally drink gasoline and watch crawl on loop. That's how I believe sweet that's, crawl I, is. I believe that's El Toro from a gas can. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is tremendous. That's a I hard disagree. It. That's a hard disagree on my part, man. Listeners, we have some differing opinions on this movie. So let's get to the tale of the tape. Kroll was released in the summer of 1983 and pulled in a worldwide box office total of 16.9 million on a budget of about 30. Ouch! That alone qualifies this movie for the pod, but don't worry, it was also panned by the critics. Siskel and Ebert called it one of the most boring, nonsensical, illogical fantasies in a long time and gave it two thumbs down. And those are two thumbs down that Colin would have cut off with a sweet-ass glaive. Am I right? Uh, oh, Cisco and Ebert aren't making it out of the Dark Tower. No, I'm sorry, Dark Fortress. The Dark please. Fortress. No, with Black, the glaive Fortress. On their Black Fortress. Black Fortress. Black Fortress. Black Fortress. Sorry, uh, folks. Yeah, this thing is inspired by a lot of other better properties, <laughs> so it's kind of like, hard to keep it all together. All the better properties. Yeah. Um you know, yeah, to that to that point, Krull is a pretty generic good versus evil fantasy flick with only one or two original ideas that work at all. Um, it's pretty gnarly, though, for a PG movie, right? I mean, there's some death and destruction in this. That's straight up 80s PG. There's no PG-13 yeah. at this point. I mean, there's a line about a woman murdering her newborn child. That was so. super dark. <laughs> so, we're going to come up on that. Yeah, that'll come up later. That really came out of nowhere. That might have been the weirdest scene in the movie, uh, hands down. And it does have a runtime of just under two hours at 116 minutes, which is uh, too long because you probably could have done without that scene about uh, the infanticide. There's about 10 things that happen in this movie that just have that do nothing for the plot at all. That's probably generous. It's probably like 15, maybe 20 that are just there <laughs> to be there. So, yeah. yeah, you could cut a half hour out of this. And I don't know if it's any better. I still love it. It's But, folks, it's really bad. Um, I just have a lot of nostalgia for Crawl. A yeah. lot. And, and here's here's a quick question. Did you watch this growing up? I mean, this is the first time I've oh ever my seen gosh. this. I remember so much about it. Like, I love the Cyclops. Like, I love that character. Rel is the man. I think he's a great fantasy character. Everything he does in this movie is great. 
the execution of the film, which we'll talk about later. It's just, it's so poorly choreographed, which is a big problem. It is. And to be fair, the Cyclops might be the best creature effect in the whole movie. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, for 1983, that was pretty solid. Yeah, he looks great. He's awesome. Yeah. And it's a great practical effect. And there's no quick cuts. He gets a lot of screen time and he, he looks believable in every scene. It was believable as a Cyclops can, I guess. Um, you know, fun fact about Kroll, it was surprisingly outperformed by a markedly less hype fantasy film with a similar good guy versus Dark Lord plot and magical weapons. Some little indie flick called Return of the Jedi. Anybody seen it? What? Return of the Jedi. I don't know. Georgia Lucas. Are you, I think it was a foreign are, film. Are we sure it's not Jedi? It's a, it's a, it's a soft Jedi. Jedi. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a Hebrew. Yedi, Yedi. Yeah. 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 Return of the yeah. Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, well, I think I've heard of wait. that, but not Jedi for sure. No way. Okay, cool. To your point, Mary McCheese, I think the most damning thing about this movie is if you watch it side by side next to Return of the Jedi, it looks like it was made 10 years before Return. Like this movie looks nowhere nearly as good as Return of the Jedi. Like that's that's yeah. really where spe- the Return of the Jedi is really where special effects were in 1983. And this movie is like a decade behind. There's some things in this that look really good. And then there's some things that look really terrible and are clearly like, matted like, on the background, like the, the fire mares. Even though I love that scene, like it looks terrible. Um, not all no, wait, of it. What though. looks good in this movie? What well, looks not, no, no. I, what do you think looks good in this movie, Thunderous Wizard? I think like the opening, I'm not going to ask this. The later. opening with the hurling planet. Looked I, pretty I actually good. thought some of the sets did look fairly okay, and yeah, the 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 fire horse or the horse copters, as I'm calling them, because they can fly. Uh, when they're zoomed out and you see that smoke streak going across the sets, that looks somewhat. Those the long shots look great. Yeah, the long shots in this look they're great. Cool. The 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 background scenery looks great most of the close-up stuff looks like garbage but some of the sets i did actually appreciate considering how bad this movie was maybe i shouldn't have watched the pluto tv cut then because nothing oh god no we have to talk about that now they they ripped that straight from a dvd that was copied from a dvd like when you used to set two vhs or not dvd sorry vhs's when you set two of them up side by side and would record something from a tv and then record it onto your buddy's vhs it looks like that and it's a bootleg I'll, cut yeah for sure I, I need this stated now i started watching this on pluto i got 12 minutes into the first commercial break got two commercials in backed out and paid four dollars to watch it without commercials because i was so angry about how long the commercials were on pluto you're a brave I, I, man because i started it i immediately was like oh shit this is like in negative 1080p <laughs> i'm out i'm paying for this I went to go see if I had to put my contacts in to watch this clearly on Pluto, and I don't even wear contacts. And I was like, "Oh wait, no, it's not my watching eyes." Watching it on Pluto, movie. watching it on Pluto is the same as watching it when you have pink eye in both eyes. So this movie was massively expensive at the time of filming, especially for having no IP or star power behind it, and it wasn't even being helmed by a known action or fantasy director. What did they expect out of this? I mean, I don't even get it. Uh, they used more than 10 sound stages at Pinewood Studios to film this turd. Hell, Ken Marshall, the star, was almost killed filming one of the stunts because he took too long to say his lines. And apparently the only person that recognized this was one crew member. And he 
noticed the timing was off and stopped the practical effect that was going to slam a door shut before it could crush Marshall. So, like, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> like I'm this assuming is, this movie was expensive yet at the same time cheap. I'm assuming that's the scene where the the young boy and uh, the guy, like the the guy that can shape shift into animals, fall down. This is also oh, you mean again, the school teacher from Charlie and the Chocolate yeah, Factory? There's no reason for this to happen, like at all. Like there's no, there's uh, no reason for the shape shifting guy to be in the movie, and he barely gets out of being crushed by that door because there's no dangerous stunts to be seen in this movie aside from some horseplay, which is inherently dangerous when you're on a production where they can't even choreograph a sword fight. So. Oh man, the fight choreography this is so bad. But uh, more on that later. But apparently, according to to uh, Ken Marshall, his on the successful attempt of that stunt, his heel got clipped, and he said he couldn't feel it for a week. Oh, poor Ken! Not only did he nearly get killed, but he was forced to wear leather spandex pants the entire movie. Don't threaten Captain Cash with a good time. Oh my sweet God, that dude's pants come out of nowhere. I didn't notice them until after all the shit went down in the first 15 20 minutes and i was like oh he's the king of a queen concert all right got it i definitely noticed it when he was courting toe cutters gang i'm like oh this is getting weird well what about when he had to (laughs) anyway when he had to climb all the rocks in them to go get the glaive and it's like that's not climbing clothes there's he's worth i was was watching it on pluto so the, the resolution wasn't high enough i didn't catch the cling I don't. I don't think you need to. I don't think you need to worry about King grinning like an idiot, automatically knowing which cave hole he's got to climb up to because his pants are so spandy. He's just like Nikki Six. <laughs> he literally spends the entire movie getting out of every situation by smiling like just John Q. Handsome man. And his his number one uh, sword fighting move is just to throw the sword from one hand to the other. No, or to pull the dagger out and try to trick you by having a much smaller, not as effective sword. Or hiding behind a tree. He does the hiding behind a tree thing several times. Uh, there was clearly no fight choreographer on this movie. Um, you can tell this the fight scenes were all directed by the guy that directed Breaking Away. Uh, anyway, uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores crawl at 32% with a user score at 51 uh, I think that tracks. It's a genre movie with a little C cult film following. So yeah, oh, sure. It's 50% cult, okay. Cult classic. It should be about 97.5%. I'm about to say, T-Dubs Oof. loves it. He, That's aggressive. He can't, he can't get enough crawl. I would, that uh, is aggressive. I watch it with my kids. They love it now. I'm certainly going to be watching it again. You show your children some of the worst movies. You know that? No, I would totally show my kids, and I have the Snyder Cut. I would not subject them to crawl. No. Before we go on. Excellent. Metacritic scores it at 45 with a user score of 6.8. Uh, whoa there, 6.8, if you're not the Thunderous Wizard, is pushing it a bit. I mean, do you agree, Mary McCheese? Come on, 6.8. Mm, this is apparently 50-50 movie tops. Yeah, I mean, that's how I saw it or even less. But apparently this movie has some weird sort of boner show following where everyone's just lusts after this like non- sequential storytelling and captain smiley working his way through a story that makes absolutely no sense but you know you you like what you like i've always said people like movies i'm not going to judge them for that but that's a lot higher than i thought yeah and i can tell you i think what we're getting from the thunderous wizard here is something that is a plague of a lot of 80s movies that were darlings of the video rental shelf at the supermarket the box art looked cooler than the movie oh yeah the box art looks sweet 
it's got like some old school Nintendo box art. Like, oh, yeah. this game's gonna be rad. It's like the, oh, the beginning no. of the movie <laughs> looks like old school Nintendo. Like they managed to make it on an Atari and then ported it over to a Nintendo. And I was like, oh, and I thought it was uh-huh. just Pluto. And then when I started it up in what is Amazon's version of a 1983 4K, I was like, nope, that's what they did to start the movie. Got it. The, cool. This is the universal truth of the fantasy genre. The movie can be bad and there's going to be a cult following regardless. Yeah. yeah. It's just, that's how fantasy is. Like somebody loves it. Somebody oh, yeah. you know, there's things about the world they love. The movie may not be for, but it's going to get a cult following. And, and to be fair, it's got a handful of interesting ideas, but none of them are executed particularly well. Where to find it? Well, you can get crawl for free on something called Pluto TV, which is where Viacom CBS dumps the dregs of their catalog for free. I kid. I was actually surprised by how much decent content they have streaming on a free platform. And it doesn't even force you to sign up for an account or download the app. <laughs> so that's not too bad. And hell, yeah, but, uh, but we touched on it. If you're going to watch it, you need to know that you're getting an absolute shitload of commercials for that freeness. Yes, a lot of them. And uh, yeah, and you know, hey, to my defense, the app was already on my smart TV. And I will say, though, we've already pointed it out, the Pluto TV transfer, it looks like hot shit. And so I want to ask the question, where is my 4K version of Kroll, you corporate fucks? Uh, it's also available to rent everywhere else from $2.99 to $3.99. Maybe those versions look better, but in my opinion, it's still not worth dropping the cash. I do have to mention this because I talked earlier about how I dipped out of Pluto. What killed it for me, not only the fact that the first commercial break was 45 minutes long, but in the middle of the first action sequence, when they're fighting in that very white castle, um, in the middle of the sword fight, and I thought this was part of the movie for a second, they're sword fighting, they're sword fighting, they're sword fighting. The screen cuts to black, and in white letters, it just goes, it's time to take black life seriously. And I was like, that's not part of Kroll, is it? And I was like, oh no, it's a com- it's a commercial for political change, but I didn't see it coming, so I was very confused. Yeah, it's not great. So that brings us to the director and cast. And as I mentioned earlier, the movie was directed by Peter Breaking Away Yates. Wow, just wow. And it was written by a guy who would go on to co-write The Ice Pirates the following year in 1984. And uh, no, yeah, that uh, that scans. If you've ever yeah. seen Ice Pirates, that totally makes sense. Well, I guess the follow-up question is, when are we doing Ice Pirates on the pod? Uh, you know what? If Captain Cash... Not soon enough again, is the answer. Next week, I'm as far as I'm concerned, Ice Pirates is a fantastic schlock. Um, it stars Ken Tilt, and that is the Brooke Shields pinball movie, if you were wondering. Uh, Marshall <laughs> uh, as Colwyn. Uh, was anyone else surprised his character wasn't named Kroll? I kept thinking he was Kroll. He's not Kroll. He's Colwyn. Yeah. So I know it's been a long time since I've seen Kroll, but I, at the very least, I thought that's what you know the weapon was. No, it's the planet that they're on. Even though it's like it's not the guy, it's not the yeah. the, the glaive, it's not the kingdom, it's not even the bad guy. It's just the planet. It's the and we've done a lot of movies planet. lately that have a ton of exposition dump to a point where they're over explaining the story. This movie could have definitely used more because I was paying a lot of attention at the beginning, and it still took me a while to be like, wait, the pl- are they on the planet crawl? Because 
they mention it initially, but kind of in passing. And then she says it somewhat again, like, oh, they've come to crawl. And I was like, oh, oh it's a planet, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a planet. I'm going to go with the planet. But yeah, sure. No. Yeah, why not? No, it's Colwyn. And even we'll get to her name. She has a name, but it sounds like they pronounce it wrong for the rest of the movie. <laughs> and pretty standard Star Wars fashion to their defense. And we get Freddie Jones as Yearn, the old one. We have Lisette. Uh, Anthony as Queen Lysa? Lisa? It's Lissa. 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 I thought it was a Lissa when we started the movie and then they switched it to Lissa, but maybe I was wrong because they call her yeah. Lissa the rest of the movie. I, and I thought it was Lissa. a nickname. Yeah, she has the same yeah. name as the Widow of the Web. Martha. Martha. She never, she never <laughs> murdered. Why did you say that name? Why did you yeah. say Lissa? <laughs> I freaking murdered our kid. Why are you doing that? <laughs> Oh my God. No, we're saving so we're saving all the widow of the web for that part of the movie because there are a plethora of questions that have to happen then <laughs> so many and as the thunderous wizard alluded to earlier we do have david the teacher from charlie and the chocolate factory as ergo the magnificent <laughs> uh we got alan arm as troquel the leader of the bandits uh bernard breslau as cyclops and holy shit, we get Liam, I have a special set of skills, Neeson, in his second movie role as Keegan. His special and, set of skills, his special set of skills in this movie is being promiscuous. So promiscuous. Uh, that axe throwing, do you not remember when him and Tranquil just launched two axes at, at oh, yeah, the Magnificent? And then he turns Which, into a pig because his character makes no sense. Oh, he makes also, plenty of sense. No, those doesn't. axes might be might be. I'm sorry, but those axes might be the best props in the movie. They're the shiniest axes for a bunch of bandits that somehow broke out of prison and can't get out of their own chains. Those uh, axes look like they could mess up some stuff. That's all I'm saying. Uh, wow. Those axes belong in Last Action Hero. Oh boy! Imagine if he was bolted to the head. Place. Yeah, bolt <laughs> to the head too. I love what if, a, what if a Mo was swinging that axe? Huh? We've done a lot of huh? axe movies on this pod. Now that I think about it, yeah. Maybe. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. And we have Robbie. You're a wizard, Harry Coltrane as Rune, who looks like Bob Hoskins' stunt double from the Super Mario Brothers movie. I mean, did the makeup and wardrobe department run out of time when it came to his character? He's just like wearing overalls with a mustache and a crew cut. It's and it's look- honestly what he showed up in for the table read. Like, it, no, that's, yeah. that'll work. <laughs> that'll work. I like how the top of all his scenes is you look longingly into the distance and deliver next lines and then just read and for the record they dubbed all of his dialogue so i don't know if he couldn't talk or what but anyway he's really he he's almost unrecognizable which is the crazy thing uh but there's a scene where he kills a slayer and he does this like double take look and it's just like who who's directing him like what is (laughs) what is this the answer is no one Yeah. Uh, the direction right. on this movie is about the same as a high school party that gets slightly out of control <laughs> <laughs> yeah it wasn't good fellas all right imdb describes this movie as follows a prince and a fellowship of companions set out to rescue his bride from a fortress of alien invaders who have arrived on their home planet we see what you did there imdb fellowship but yeah that's pretty much it yeah, basically. I mean, I would describe it as uh, Star Rings, Return of the Cyclops, and the Fellowship of the Murder Frisbee. Whoa, Murder <laughs> Frisbee. That's good. That's good. All right, Mary Cheese, what you got? 
I have several. Uh, the first is a true statement to my night. Kroll is a great movie to wash your dishes while watching. Um, <laughs> the next one is Kroll is what happens when some theater nerd's dad has way too much money to waste on his kid's dream project. And my final one is Kroll, a planet that even old England couldn't help but invade, somehow gets overcome by blaster-wielding aliens only to get saved by love, question mark, fire magic, and spinny magic blade thingy. Yeah, that checks out. I feel like all right. track. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this movie is definitely uh, all over the place. There was a solid Sorry. 30 minutes in there where I just started doing the dishes because I was like, this is so boring. It's almost two hours long and it has no business being two hours long. No, that's that's you, fair. There's there's you, stretches. That nothing happens. There, there are long stretches that not only does nothing happen, but even when things do happen, nothing is happening to actually impact the plot. You you file this down, and we might be jumping ahead of how to fix this. You file this down to a solid hour twenty five, and then I might be in Thunderous Wizards. Like, I like this because of the camp. Camp. Oh, just wait! I've got the hail mary that saves this movie. But first, here is my one liner. Uh, this is the second worst He Man movie I have ever seen. This is certainly better than Conan. It's more ambitious than Conan, yeah. so I'll I'll give it a Definitely. nod. I, it's not as exciting or interesting visually. Way more it's so boring. Dated, but it's way more ambitious. They tried to do a lot of things in this movie. So let me get into this plot summary. Now, folks, I'm going to warn you here, listeners. I have an extensive plot for this movie because it's so freaking fun. But I'm going to forego our general impressions so we can go through this plot. So Thunderous Wizard, Mary McCheese, feel free at any moment to raise a hand to interrupt me and chime in. So with that being said, let's get started. The movie opens with a Star Wars ripoff shot of a hunk of mountain flying into frame from above while a narrator reads the non-existent opening text crawl to us. The beast, blah, 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 chosen one, blah, blah, blah. You get the picture. The mountain spaceship touches down on Eternia, or I'm sorry, crawl. Wait, is this the kingdom crawl or the planet? Who cares? Uh, FYI, it's the planet. Uh, a princess wants to marry a prince against her father's wishes to unite their kingdoms in an alliance against the beast and his army of slayers, the guys from the mountain spaceship. Uh, the marriage ritual is interrupted when the beast's forces storm the castle and kill everyone but our prince, Cowan, and the princess. Cowan is left for dead, and the slayers kidnap Princess Lisa. Lisa? Liza? Liza? Lisa. Liza Minnelli? Yeah. Whatever. Lysol. Okay. Here's my big question about the opening. Um, and I don't want to slander Kroll too much because it is so great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that for you. Don't worry. But, Give me but, time. Uh, they make this setup. It's like a marriage of convenience, but then they're clearly in love. And then, of course, the whole theme of the movie is that love inevitably can conquer evil. It just makes no sense to me. Like that yeah. whole part. I, I know there's a lot of things in this movie that are way underwritten. Like such as why a cyclops only has one eye now. <laughs> they used to have two, but not anymore. It's like, well, what happened? They merged it in the center. No, the opening is essentially the like a Broadway musical that has to explain something quickly without the music or the explanation. <laughs> Just like I love him, you don't love him. We need marriage. All this stuff. Da, 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 da. Let's fight the slayers. And then she basically shows him his best tactical maneuver, which is just hiding behind a pillar. 
so she can surprise. Uh, this is this is the, this isn't this is the second movie. It's not fire and ice, but it's fire and water. And that was yeah. the best scene where he's like, "I give my fire to this water." And then she just dips her hand in, and then all of a sudden, I start cackling like an asshole because she brings it out, and it's the worst special effects fire ever oh. in her palm. And she's like, "And I give my fire to my love." <laughs> What's that the, looked okay on the Pluto TV. What's show? the mystery of love, guys? Fire, fire and, and ice. ice. Fire and ice, man. So Game of Thrones, eat your heart out. Um, Colin wakes up next to an old man. Haven't we all been there, fellas? Am I right? But uh, anyway, who informs him his father is dead, making him king now. Another question. Um, why is he the king? <laughs> How many kings are here? She was a princess. So isn't her dad also the king? But his, so, his dad was a king. Oh, Thunder's with her. Just, I'm going to tell you to stop right now. This will come up. This come up at the end. This is how I fixed the movie. So just let's just keep oh, going. Okay. Don't, okay. don't, but, but I, I do don't stand on this. Don't I want to feel, I want to feel this question. There's only mm-hmm. two kingdoms on Kroll and they're only about stop, stop, 75 stop. Don't ruin people. this for me. Don't ruin this for me. Don't all, right, all right. Yeah, all right. We'll, it, say, we'll say, we'll again, say, we'll again, say. again, again, is Kroll the planet or the kingdom? How, like, what the hell? This is, this is confusing. It's, right. it's, it's got to be the planet. It's Can I just, it is the planet, but how big the is the planet? How big is the planet? Tiny, it's, it's, tiny, but it also can very small. Fire kind of, it, it might be a moon. Are we on a moon? We could be on a moon. It's like, yeah. Can I just say that you've never lost a father and a bride on the same day. So don't tell me how to mourn, guys. <laughs> and I've never been a king. After the elder one puts strawberry yogurt on his shoulder and that apparently fixes a blaster wound. But in the rest of the movie, anyone who gets even nicked by the blaster dies within seconds. Okay, I just want to point out that I was totally on board with this movie and I had suspended all my disbelief until the way that guy dresses that shoulder wound. I'm like, that bandage is never going to stick. No, you just put some cow, you put cowhide in one but, strap of athletic but, tape over your armpit and but, it holds it there. Yeah, he needed to go across the body to get that. It just, that was terrible wound dressing. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so after all that poor wound dressing, the old man explains to him the beast could only be killed by a mythical weapon called the glaive. Cowan free climbs his way to the glaive at the highest peak of some mountain or something. I don't know. And there's some bullshit about the beast mountain castle, the black fortress moving to a new location every day. Honestly, it makes no sense. And it almost doesn't matter. But anyway, this is where the Lord of the Rings BS starts. They start a journey and pick up a fellowship along the way. They meet Ergo the Magnificent, a crappy shapeshifter. They enlist Toe Cutter's gang of thieves. <laughs> which includes Qui-Gon Jinn and Haggard. Uh, oh, man, the beast is fucked now. And they also get a creepy Cyclops stalker that joins the group because why not? Anyway, they find Gandalf the Green, and they use his powers to find the next location in Snake Mountain. But wait, they don't because uh, it's moving every day, and the hand of the beast comes in and crushes Gandalf the Green's crystal, and they uh, can't find it, I guess, because I thought they yeah. did, but I guess they didn't uh, because it remo- it moves every day or the crystal got crushed first. I don't really know. Uh, I don't know, but I hope you did because that would make you enjoy the movie more than I did. Uh, anyway, next there's a swamp scene that is clearly shot on a soundstage and so much so that it's distracting. Uh, Gandalf the Green dies and is replaced by a shapeshifter. A who's then killed by it. Yeah, yeah, a changeling who's then killed by the Cyclops before it can kill Cowan. Good. Okay. Just for reference, the hand that crushes the crystal is clearly the hand of Sauron, 
which is a part of the eye of Sauron that they show many, many times. Yeah, I just still don't quite oh, understand yeah, the what eye. the big bad is in this movie. He's got super long hands, super long nails. He's a fish monster demon. He's wet, sort of, has red eyes. Well, gills, it's, the, it's the fish creature from uh, the Guillermo del Toro movie where the, the woman has sex with it. Yeah, <laughs> That was the happy ending to crawl. This is the sad <laughs> ending. Okay. Next, the group crashes at Liam Neeson's side piece's place for the rest of the night. Beast possesses one of the camp women and uses her as a honeypot to prove to Lysol that Callan does not truly love her. Oh, yeah. The Beast has the hots for Lysol, too. I like how the Beast... Well, two things here. I like how the Beast, one, tries to impress her by going, I can take the shape of anything, but he's got that glowing red eyes going on that are way too big for his head. And two, we, we glazed over the fact that while... Alyssa Lockhart or whatever is stuck in the Beast's Palace. It is the best ever-changing escape room ever created. If you were to go back in time and get the idea for an escape room, it should be this because she's just running around going into different themed rooms that look like different monsters while he's just like, you're free to roam (laughs) and not getting anywhere. (laughs) Hey, stay out of my stuff! But not this room. This is my private room. This is the beast's private room. Yeah. And uh, well, and again, his treachery does not work for reasons because the, the girl backs out on the swamp shore. I'm not again, really this sure. Is, they bring the love thing back in where like the possessed lady. I, I, I didn't quite get this because this is when I would think I was washing dishes where she's like, I'm supposed to kill you, but you love her. And then Alyssa that- Lockhart is... Uh, See, everything's about love, not power. <laughs> yeah, power is fleeting. But it's it's not <laughs> just about that, you know, he's faithful to Lissa. She's like, I've known you for five minutes and I too love you. And I cannot <laughs> kill you now. You are the smiliest <laughs> king of all time. Oh, look at those. <sighs> look at that beard and coiffed hair. Your package is she... so bulging in those leather pants. <laughs> I can't resist you. Where did no, you get no. such stripy carnival pants? <laughs> The truth is, she thought she was auditioning for a role in The Princess Bride. So Yeah, well, she got tricked. Yeah, that is true. Happens in Hollywood a lot. (laughs) Uh, True story, The Princess Bride was not the person. It was the name of the castle. So... It's not little the planet? Known, yeah, little known fact. Little known fact. I thought it was Alpha Centauri Princess is, Bride. Is, uh, you know, she's not the Princess Bride. That's the, the castle. Oh, okay. So... Just a coincidence that she would be the, the bride. Her name is also princess. Lissa. That's what yeah. you're telling me. Okay. Also that. Uh, also, she murdered her firstborn child. So things you didn't know about the princess bride. But we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten to yep. the child murder yet. Or this is called Inside. We haven't gotten to that yet. And regardless, the beast remains cock-blocked. Uh, there's some spider lady deal. It's Yorn's old flame who murdered their son because he left her but it's cool because he's forgiven her and she feels bad for being a child killer and uses her magic to reveal the next location of Space Mountain. Uh, She also gives Yorn some hourglass sand that results in her spider pet killing her for reasons and also this is John Peter's favorite scene in the movie. Can Can I just for a second dwell on how absurd it is that she smashes the hourglass and hands him a bunch of sand. Is like, all right, good luck. Good luck climbing okay, spider no, webs. We need, to, we need to go all the way back to the beginning because they talk about the widow and the web. And then the old, what, what is it? They call him the old timer. He's like, 
I can get to her because I know her name, but like doesn't give them any more info. Like, yeah, yeah, we used to bang. Um, that when we were talking about like the sets looking good, that actually was one of the better looking I sets. Love the crystal he's, spider when he's climbing around the web and the spider looks like the spider's crawling around. That's decent. Yeah. Also, one of the first, or I think the first scene they shot in the movie, and uh, that the old guy did all that climbing on the web wire stuff with no safety harness because he didn't want the wires to show up and post. Okay, they showed up a story. lot. They, they showed up in a ton of other spots. So good job. <laughs> they they should have gave him. They, he she, my point is he should have got double pay for that. Within the within the first ten minutes of the movie, you see at least seven wires. But anyways, so he gets to the heart of the. I guess she's imprisoned by the spider. I don't really remember or know. And then they get in this super awkward conversation where she admits to him, I killed our firstborn. And then he's like, oh, that's totally my fault because I left you. And then they get in this like apology contest. And then that turns into like, I can only see you as your beautiful self in the mirror. And then his vision of her beauty gives her vision of Space Mountain. (laughs) And we move on from there to the glass breaking sand holding where I guess the purpose is he's alive as long as he can hold this sand. And then clearly as he's going through the wire walking, he's not holding the sand anymore. He's got both hands over the bars of the wire. She literally hands him this sand. Yeah. Like the old lady hands Adam Sandler, the meatballs in the wedding singer, like take this with you. It's like, <laughs> put it in a pouch, you idiot. Her deal is you stay you stay alive as long as you don't drop this sand. He's got a shitload of pockets. Just put a Come bunch on, of it in man. your pockets. No, if Cowan the Great has taught us anything in the in the universe of Kroll, nobody's pants are baggy enough to have pockets. They're all very very form fitting. He's wearing a no he's pockets. Wearing those, he's wearing one of those photographer vests that has at least a dozen and a half pockets. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Kroll is actually just the uh, uh, fantasy. Um, basically depiction of studio 54 so that's what crawl is and we mentioned it earlier this is this is the this is the epitome of the martha moment sorry t-dubs where she's like i will give my life to my namesake but you must carry this sand to your death yeah yeah take this uh also i mean what was going through his head is like you know i dumped you because I thought you were crazy. And then the first thing she tells him was like, yeah, I murdered our son. He's like, oh, well, totally murdered, out. <laughs> murdered our baby. Yep. And like the look on his face is not revolt. He's just like, I can't believe I did that to you. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I forced you to murder a baby. I'm that really... I didn't know about. He didn't know that she murdered the baby until that moment. And the first thing he does is like, I'm so sorry that I did that to you. <laughs> Yeah, that was a completely dark and unnecessary part of this movie. That scene had no business being in a PG movie. If he would have climbed in and just gotten like a, like one of those magic eight balls that showed him the next location of the mountain and climbed out with all the cool spider effects, it would have worked a lot better than Infant Side Hospital. I'm just saying John Peters creamed his jeans so hard in this scene. That's all I'm saying. Well, he's got a scale replica of the of that set at his house. <laughs> I bet he does. I can't prove that, but I know it's true. That's where his bed's in the center. He's got to climb his way into yeah. it every night. Oh, yeah. He's carrying the, the sands of the hourglass. Yeah, to your point, Machis, I can only assume that it's because that is magic sand, like cocaine. And the sand does allow the injured urine to make it all the way back to the guys in time to deliver the next location of Fraggle Rock. 
the Black Fortress's next location is too far away to be reached by traditional means before yeah. the next cycle of Kroll's twin sons. Twin sons. Twins. Fuck. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so they find magical fire horses. Hold on. They used the fucking eagles and they're off to the races. Uh, hold on. We got to stop on fire horses. There is. Did, was there an explanation? I missed it. I, all I know is all of a sudden there's a bunch of horses getting led into a gully and they're trying to rope them. And then the next scene, they are off to the fucking horse copter race up and around and Fire in. Fireman, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, why didn't they just take the eagles, right? So, I mean, that's that's the big Lord of the Rings question, and the answer right there. Why, they fucking why, take them. Why aren't the horses fast when they're not being ridden? Why are they just regular horses? Uh, uh, oh, wait, hold on. That's a very simple answer, uh, Thunderous Wizard. Spurs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's how you make a horse spurs. go faster. There's a, th- this movie Magic has a, spurs. This movie has a shitload of whip-cracking sounds, and the guy doing the whip-cracking is not at all in tune with the sound effect. And also, as Wait, we're are you telling me fi- this movie was not an Oscar Oscar nominee for best sound mixing? No also, as we're, as we're finishing our horse race, if you will, instead of riding the flying horses up to the top of Skull Mountain, they decide just to stop and quarrel at the bottom so they can climb the granite for five to ten feet before getting shot in the ass by the blasters. I would make fun of this scene. <laughs> but I, I can't because I love that scene. I love the music, the score here, which the score of the movie is pretty up and down, but there's some really great moments in it. And the fire mirror scene is one of them. And yes, it makes no sense that they have to climb the mountain. But when yet Rel, they, they go back and they show the long shot and there's another horse coming and then they show Rel. I lost. I went bananas. It was like being a kid all over again. I love that guy. I was for the, so for the record, listeners, for the record, listeners, sorry, they're T dubs, but Rel is the Cyclops, and and he stayed behind where they got the horses because his yes for trading his one eye to become a Cyclops, he gets future vision, but he was tricked, and the only future vision he can see is his own death, and if he yep. fights that, then he suffers, and he stayed where the horses, the fire horses were picked up because that's where his death should happen, and then all of a sudden. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. he comes to save the day which yes is awesome it's it's incredible it's incredible if they would have played the same the music original- from heavy metal the movie that they played during this fire horse scene i probably would have been all on board is he not the original hodor oh my god that's what i was gonna bring up like as much as fire this movie, eyes, hodor? As, yeah as much as this movie rips off of i i, I swear somebody's gotta ask george R. R. Martin. this is hold the door it is. He literally, literally it's literally the hold the door. Yeah. And it and this scene pays off a lot better than the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. So there's yep. that. He gets his ass shot twice by the impervious blasters and then holds not just a door, he holds the two sliding mountain pieces for everyone to scooch through. And to your defense, Thunderous Wizard, honestly, if you're invested in this movie at all, that is the biggest emotional moment in the movie period Agreed. i would agree hands down 100 you feel him getting crushed in that door and Dude, it hurts it sucks because he, he's an interesting character he, he gets way more screen time and character development than a lot of the, the other characters in the movie yeah and, and and it's more interesting because like, yeah you get a lot of screen time with the leads but it's generic bullshit 
that character has more backstory and like personal interest than they do. Put it this way. Emotional interest. My my son was like, did he just get crushed? I said, no, no, he just got locked out. He's just, he had to go home. He's got to sleep <laughs> like, in the yard. I, I couldn't bear to tell them that, tell him that Rel had been crushed to death. And like, he has enough emotional weight that even the scene where he accepts his own death, that goofy shape-shifting bastard was like, we didn't have enough time. And you're like, oh, that's, for being a goofball who's turned into a dog and a pig in this movie, like, that actually, that carries some weight. Like, the dude has accepted that that's how he has to die, and goofball and the kid are just like, goodbye. It's brutal. It is brutal. So after the Cyclops' tragic sacrifice, Cowan finds his way to the part of the fortress where Lysol is being held, and to Mary McCheese's point, it's some sort of, like, dome structure slash escape room. Uh, Cowan uses the glaive for the first time in the movie to cut his way into the center chamber and this takes a comically long two minutes and 35 <laughs> seconds yes i timed it he finally gets inside of the dome to save her and fight the beast but folks again uh we are like an hour and like 35 minutes into this fucking movie and he finally pulls out the fucking weapon that's the given to him in the first 20 minutes yeah, they mentioned early in the movie that he'll know when he needs to use it, which makes it to me, it sounds like it's a one-time use thing. And then after he uses it once, he just fucking starts laying waste to people with this thing. So he could have been using it the entire time and half of his bandit buddies wouldn't have died. And then second, when he's cutting through the wall to save her, you get that like almost naked gun type scene where like, she's looking at the wall. She's like, got this look on her face. Like, is this good or bad? And then it's him outside because apparently he can control this stupid goddamn thing with his arm. He just points at it with his open. It's a drone. Fist. It's well, a drone. Well, he's a Jedi, yeah. so. <laughs> and so, like, it's his back and forth for two and a half minutes of her staring at the wall, like, "Is this good or bad?" And then him outside, super strong, focusing on cutting the most goofy, goofily shaped hole. It's like a zigzag Tetris piece that he's going to jump through, and he could have been using this friggin' weapon and shaved another twenty minutes off this movie. It's inexcusable, frankly. I do it, want to ask it, D Doves, is is like is there a reason he can't be using this more often? That's what I don't understand either. Because he <laughs> says you'll you'll know the right time, but it's like wouldn't the right time to be to save all these people who are getting the shot? Whole time? The whole time? Yeah. Like yeah, wouldn't the right time everyone? be literally from the second you got the save weapon the until you people? killed the demon monster? Yeah. Like because he would be mowing down the uh the slayers, slayers. who literally turn yeah. into like Oh, the, slugs, it, weird if, it if it touches them, it kills them. But when they're axe fighting, like you got to stab, you got to literally stab them through the chest to kill them. But if that, if the you glade know, touches them, then they die. You know what's crazy yeah. is we've talked about this entire movie and not once mentioned how the swords, for no reason at all, spark, 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 spark like lightsabers. Oh no, we they, were, they, they spark for a reason. It's called Star Wars. Yeah. Duh. We, we were talking about it before the pod started. The real question I have with the Slayers is, one, if they have blaster technology, why do they only get one shot and then they have to turn it around into their lightning swords? And two, does the lightning do anything or just spark? Because it seems like it's just sparking. Mostly sparks. Mostly sparks. Well, those sparks are just the mystery of steel, McCheese. Fire and ice? Oh. Yeah. Which one's which? I don't know. Which one's fire? <laughs> fire. Uh, Obviously, Ice. the fire is in Lissa's loins because isn't oh, that sort of God. a metaphor? <laughs> Get out of here. Gonorrhea and chlamydia. Boom. 
boom. She does. One, she does, does. She does. I mean, it's in. It's written in time of curl that she has to hand the fire to her lover. <laughs> and watch out for the crabs. Okay. So, yes, our hero uh, Cowan has gotten into the final chamber, and he now faces off against the beast. And uh, let's just be honest, listeners, if you've not watched Crawl, you're going to be very disappointed when you do, because the <laughs> beast looks like shit. I was one who was, had never watched Crawl, and I was very mm. upset at the ending where I'm like, oh, we're just yep. going to make him super shady and not show him? All right, cool. Thank you. Oh, no. And the whole scene is filmed through a lens smeared in Vaseline, because the, the look of the, of the bad guy of the movie... Uh, on the, the VHS box art and the movie poster, it's a very clear, decent res image of this like weird monster thing. No, it looks cool. And then you get it to the fight cool. scene and you're like, oh. And nope, you, you right. have to squint like, what the fuck am I watching? It is terrible. <laughs> uh, uh, and he spits fireballs like a video game boss like just like pew, yeah he pew. actually he actually deflects them at one point. it's almost like the the end boss fight in ocarina of time for a second like he's shooting fireballs he's throwing the glaive now when you said like bad special effects like the end of this movie is pretty hard to stomach it is terrible and this the is green horrible. screen work is absolutely abysmal this is a 30 million dollar movie by 1983 and standards that's a lot of freaking money the and amount they of clearly the ran of, out at the end. Yeah. yeah, the amount of hand, the amount of hand fire we get to end the movie is. Oh wait, hold on, hold on, ex- cheese. This comes up. So, okay. yeah, yeah. Let's not sell this short, folks. Like we could bash this, these last couple of fight scenes to the end of time. They're not good. This movie ends on a huge whimper. It's really disappointing. Um, but I think, as we indicated, uh, Colin finally uses the glaive effectively as a weapon and he stabs the beast and presumably kills him there's a part there where it's also very confusing where he uses the glaive and it nicks his arm and then you're like okay and then he sends it again and it's like stuck between the two of them and the beast is like shooting fireballs at the glaive and then all of a sudden it just stabs him in the chest there's there, there's supposed to be a thing there and it it just doesn't work and uh, hold hold on i'm gonna come to this later because that whole scene has i have questions but yeah but he does eventually stab him in the chest with the glaive which is a we haven't really described yet but it's like a five pointed murder frisbee yeah. ninja star with yeah. blades on it yeah so thank you t-dubs for the murder frisbee that's a very excellent description but yeah it hits him in the chest and it apparently kills the beast but Cowan can't retrieve the glaive Thor style. So he just has to leave it as the castle starts to collapse around him and Lysol and they make a run for it. Uh, the beast though does return for round two. And this time Cowan and Lysa, uh, Lysol, Lysol, whatever, quickly complete their marriage ritual. And this gives Cowan her flame powers to defeat the Stay Puff turd man with. Wait. What she's been Firestar this entire time? Why didn't she just barbecue him like an hour and a half ago? I don't get it. It doesn't matter. She uh, says she says earlier she can only give the fire to the one she loves, but then he gets torch hand and no, he becomes literally one of the Fantastic Four. Hold hold on there, but she's she can only give it to the one she loves. She already has it. 
Why doesn't she just barbecue them? It doesn't matter. They roast the bad guy and grab their four remaining buddies and somehow manage to scale down the side of the Black Fortress before it reverse crumbles back into space. Long live King Kroll. I mean, Cowan, whatever. The end. I'd like to point out that that whole like fire kill scene lasts like not even a minute and a half. And, and remember, he uses the fire to burn a hole in Skull Mountain to get out. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah, uses just, fire. They get stuck, and he just is like, wait a second, guys, and then uses fire hand to just torch a hole in the side of the mountain. Um, yeah, so really everybody lives the, the super ever after. happy ending of Kroll. I'm not, come on, what, what's the deal, dudes? It, it, it is pretty happy. Um, yeah, you, okay. know what they, you know what they did for their honeymoon? They went frothing with his Cabo. new <laughs> with his new frisbee. I'm sure. Oh, when you that, say that, super happy pr- ending, do you mean when not curl curl didn't use any of his weapons to let all of his friends die? Exactly. Uh, how about the? We didn't even talk about the guy who drowns in the quicksand, even though the bag of swords doesn't sink. Gandalf the Green? No, not him. No. Like I forget his name. Big, and they have oh. a protracted quicksand scene where they have to rescue everyone twice, but the last yeah. dude has a bat, an actual burlap sack of swords that floats, and he I, is holding on to <laughs> what looks like a dead tree. <laughs> I'd just like to repeat a joke I've seen on Twitter. I thought quicksand would be a much bigger deal as an adult than it's turned out to be. Like, I was led to believe quicksand was a problem. It showed Turns out it's really not. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway. Have you ever been in a quicksand pit on Kroll? Big I can't say that I have. Big yeah. problem. All right. Well, gentlemen, uh, let's give this movie some beer ratings. Thunderous Wizard, I'm a little scared of what you're going to give us here, but go ahead. How many beers would you give uh, okay. Kroll? Uh, this is four beers, but they're all enjoyment beers for me because I did watch Kroll so much as a, as a kid, and I love a lot of things about it. I think for his badly executed as this movie is it actually had a lot of great ideas that were then stolen by movies that would precede it like yeah it steals a lot of ideas but it also did some cool things that were later taken by other films like the shape-shifting stuff like willow clearly takes that the queen turns a whole bunch of people into pigs and like that's what ergo the magnificent is like he's supposed Mm. to be this magician who's a bumbling fool where she's like an evil witch. So you take something that's more a joke in this movie and you make it something more menacing in that one. But I, I like this movie. It's it's fun. It, it's choreographed terribly. And that's why you need four beers to kind of just laugh off some of its like baffling uh, qualities because it's just not well-made. It's hard to believe it costs that much money. But gosh, do I love, I love Ergo the Magnificent. I love Rel the uh, Cyclops. I dig it still. I had a good time. Yeah, it. It, it is a very ambitious movie. It really is. I mean, they, they shot high. And, and like I think if we had Captain Cash here, like, you, you don't like crash this hard if you're not aiming for the fucking fences. And they were totally aiming for the fences on this movie. Well, and let's, Mary be, cheese. Let, let's, let's be honest with ourselves before I go. He would be already making a Cyclops cosplay. Who said he hasn't? Plus, He's he probably, probably owns right he probably owns not curl curls pants. Oh yeah, he's had that costume in his closet for years. Like <laughs> I've seen him in Kroll's pants. It's not yeah. pretty. He goes rock right. climbing in the same uh, high heel shoes as Colwyn. Oh, boy, McCheese, what you got? 
No, dog. It's a solid six for me. Um, yeah, not a fan. I, not a fan. I, no, no, well, no. T Dubs, let me explain. Give me a second. One enjoyment beer because there are parts I laughed hysterically at because they were so stupid. One pain beer because it was. There's parts where I was just I was so upset that they wasted concepts that could have been done better. And I'm. This is new. I'm introducing this four boredom beers because at two hours long there is a solid hour in there where i'm like this is so boring i have to do something else with my time i was doing the dishes because i didn't want to start drinking before we did the pot because i so watched wait, this right before we started recording wait so mcgee's can we call them boredom beers or dishes beers I think moving forward, they might need to be boredom beers if we're going to introduce a new category. But you could say yeah, dishes no. beers too. I mean, no, I, I just think it's I think it's quaint. I, well, I find I mean, it the, quaint. The, the tough thing is, is like boredom beers are definitely boredom beers. Dishes beers, like you could go do the dishes and only half pay attention to this movie and not miss anything. I don't think I missed much in that oh. section. That that forty five minutes, I was literally cleaning my kitchen and half paying attention to this movie. I didn't miss a whole lot because there wasn't really much happening. And to your defense, this movie has no business being two hours long. There's yeah. there's a lot of characters and ideas in here that just don't matter. The seer doesn't matter. No, like, at all. like he's just do, there to die. They they only use him to set up the changeling, and they don't explain the changeling at all until the changeling gets murdered, and it's such a waste. Like the changeling is an old myth lore from I think Ireland or Scotland, and like you could have built that into something cool but they just kind of blase over where it comes from. And then they kill him and they're like, Oh yeah, that was a changeling. Let's go to the next set. Yeah. That's everything what? though. Like every idea they have is just sort of an idea that's never explained. They're, they're interesting. Like it's totally half baked. If they would have spent a little more time and kind of chopped out a bunch of the stupid shit in the middle, the movie would have been all, I would have been in, I would have been in your camp where this is like a great 1980s campy sci-fi movie, but yeah. it's, it, completely it shoots the moon and it lands on fucking mars well it's your point Michis. i think they steal a ton from better movies but they don't do anything good with it not um, as much as last week definitely not as much as conan conan steals for so many more movies this is this one's pretty bad mm, t-dubs this or conan this has more ideas going for it than conan does were they stolen? Were they stolen ideas, or were they original? No, 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 no. I, no, I, were, I see what you. No, they were inspired said. ideas, like the yeah, spiders, no. the shelob, like obviously, but it's different. So yeah, I, I will admit this. This movie steals a ton, but it does have more original ideas. It tries to do more. It does. Con it's very. Conan, it's ambitious. Conan's a paint by the numbers, just like. Well, Conan, Conan's blatant stealing. They're just taking the same ideas yeah. and making Jason Momoa do it. Exactly. They're, they're just putting Conan in it. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie was just like trying to be over the top because they're like, hey, like this will probably work. Maybe. I don't know. Let's just Conan see what happens. Last crusade. <laughs> pa pass me some more Coke. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, for me, yeah, this is kind of tough. I'm going to give it four pain beers. Um, again, it's definitely ambitious. And that's probably the most you can say for this movie. It's beyond derivative slightly better than conan 2011 but what really kills me is how bad the fight choreography is it's just terrible the visuals not particularly interesting and the creature effect at the end was just plain bad like it's super bad and i understand why the fight choreography is bad like fun fact 
the Slayer costumes, they were finished at the last minute. And it turns out the stuntmen slash actors in them couldn't move. So it wasn't necessarily our hero's fault that those guys look like stiff, like cardboard monsters. They were just trapped in their suits, but not great for a $30 million movie. So four pain beers. All right. Um, we've talked a ton, folks. It's time to go into our first break and grab another stone brewing Viking space probe and talk more about Kroll. But before we do that, here's a message from our good buddies at the Hot Nation USA podcast. And don't forget to check out their store on tpublic.com. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hot Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Welcome back, folks, to our 116th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, brought to you by Wobam Entertainment. We're still talking about 1983's Crawl, and I have some burning questions for the pod. Number one, gentlemen, are you surprised the movie flopped? I'm going to start with you, McCheese. Nope. Next. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, T-Dubs, are you surprised? No, it's like a bootleg Lord of the Rings, and we've talked about that. So uh, why would yeah. you go see this if you you could just read Lord of the Rings? It also felt like this is how big of a disaster it would have been if they made Lord of the Rings in 1983. Uh, I totally agreed. And yeah, I agree. Nope. Uh, the plot was a mess. There's no star power. Most of the effects sucked. And there's not a lot about this movie that, that makes me want to watch it again. I've seen it before. I watched it again for the pod. And I was like, oh, it's still not good. Okay, moving on. Gentlemen, would you recommend watching this movie, T-Dubs? Oh, yeah, that's 100%. Crawl's a great timepiece. Great 80s timepiece. I think it is a cult classic. Um, I do have the most nostalgia C, for it. Little so, C cult classic. Yeah. So I am, uh, not a big C. Yeah, little it's, C. It's, not a, it's not a big trouble in Little China cult classic, but it is. No. it does have a following of sorts. It is fun. Um, if, you, if you've never seen it, you're probably going to hate it. But if you remember it, like I did, like and you haven't watched it in a while, of course, rewatch it. This might be the quintessential box art bait and switch. Oh, yeah, you see the box art in this movie and you're like, fuck, yeah, that looks awesome. And then the movie's like, oh, no. It's another great thing about the 80s where they actually had art posters. Yeah. Before the posters were just a picture of the star of the movie. Like, this is a badass poster. And if they made made a vinyl of the score for this movie, I'd 100% buy it for the art because I'm sure that that would be cool, too. Fair enough. Mary McCheese, would you recommend watching this movie? I'm actually... And for as much as I've hated on it this whole time, I'm a 50 50. Uh, if I'm, if, if someone, if I'm recommending it for someone new to watch it alone, no, unless you're a hyper sci-fi nerd. Like if I was watching it with T-dubs, like when we used to live together, I'd probably enjoy it a little bit more. Cause me and him could bullshit and riff on it. Like it's, it's slow and long enough where you could like, you know, dick around with your buddies, have some beers, make some jokes, make fun of the movie. And it, it, I would find it more enjoyable in that setting, but watching it alone in my house today, I found it very boring, very dragging, not focused. And I could have liked it, but I didn't. I think you just need to be in the right setting. 
No, that's very fair. And I agree with you. It's a note for me, dog. It's got a small cult following and I get the glaive is a somewhat memorable weapon, but uh, you I, have I, to I, remember it. We don't see Cowan use it until like an hour and 40 minutes into the movie. And he doesn't even kill the bad guy with it. It's a total bait and switch. Uh, uh, the movie fails to check off guns test hard Again, it's on the freaking poster for crying out loud. And it's not like it's some big reveal. He gets it like 20 minutes in. It's just disappointing. So, yeah, I mean, this movie's not that great. I agree with that. I mean, we've mentioned it before, and I don't want to drag on it. But the fact that, like, the Glaive, it gets this big, like, super world hype. And then even, like, only you can only use it once. It's your bazooka. And then he can clearly use it way more than once. And we could have gotten through this way quicker kind of was unnerving, not unnerving, but a little annoying in the pissed off sense where I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, you pulled that out five minutes after you've gotten it and laid waste to all these assholes. It's very clear they just didn't have, like the budget I read ballooned quite heavily for this. There's all kinds of production issues. And they just didn't have the money to use that weapon. And when they did use it, like it looks okay. Although why can't he throw like, like why would you throw it that way wouldn't you throw it like a boomerang it's pretty awkward right incredibly he looks like an idiot i can tell you why they're reversing the footage he's actually catching it ah yeah yeah i i caught that because i i see you're the, the eagle eye for stunt doubles that i'm blind to but i can catch the reverse footage that was reverse footage that's how they filmed that him like catching and retrieving the glaive they, they were filming it backwards yeah and, it, and you know what yeah to the modern eye you can catch it um all right so the next question is did this movie achieve what it set out to do and mary cheese i'm going to steal one of your answers here and go first because i'm selfish and the answer is nope because as mccheese would say the goal was to make money and this movie did not this is a classic hollywood tale of a bunch of producer types sitting around a big pile of uncut Colombian bam-bam and saying, hey, you know what? Genre X seems to be making a ton of money right now. Let's do one of those pictures so we can buy buy more blow. And that's why there was no vision or actual passion behind this movie at all. My answer is I I honestly don't know. I don't know what this movie set out. I mean, yeah, movie set out to make money. I don't know what this movie set out to do. So did it achieve it? Question mark. I'll pass it to TWs. He's more of a expert on this movie than I would be. No, because it really was just, it was made for money and that was it. Like I, I I like some of the ideas it has, but they are all mostly half baked and my love of it is again, rooted in nostalgia. So but it was like, hey, we we should do a fantasy movie. Get somebody to write a script, and he wrote it in like a month. And they're like, cool. And like the i like the shell of that script, the basic outline of that script is what Krull is. Like, of course, they went in and edited it and refined some things, but not that much. Like, they just made this to make money. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. It is. Yeah, they they said Star Wars is popular. Uh, these other things are popular. We need our that. How do you get this far down that path before you realize like none of this is going to hit <laughs> or are you literally just sci-fi is so new at that point that you're like, 
fuck it. We'll throw all this shit at fans and hopefully it all sticks. Sci-fi is not that new at this point. No, they were just like, it was a pipe dream. They're just like, eh, fuck it. We'll throw it against the screen. It'll stick. I, uh, I, I'm surprised they didn't try to turn this into a franchise, frankly. Well, that's the no. thing. I mean, uh, when you lose that much money, you can't do a franchise. I think, oh, you know, but if you're, if you're completely oblivious, you, you'll, you'll try. The later, you know, question, right? That always is, how would you fix wait, it? Wait, I'm sorry. I thought that there's, a, there's a sequel, right? They just take the R out. It's called Cole. No, that's no. worse than this. Oh, oh it's not a sequel? No. Uh, oh, it's oh our, never, it's mind. never mind. It does start TW's favorite actor. No, my least favorite actor. Michael Patrick Harris? Neil Patrick Harris? But if you would fix this by saving some of the ideas for like a later movie, like honestly, this should be almost a trilogy of movies and you oh, really no. focus on the characters and the ideas that you're building and you flesh them out. And, uh, you know, the journey to Mordor takes longer <laughs> than two hours uh, unless you ride the Eagles, which is always the big complaint about Lord of the Rings. Like, why do they just ride the Eagles? Firemers. Um, yeah, the firemers. But there is a lot of cool ideas, but then they just brush over them like, oh, here's this. Well, why is this a thing? And here's this, and here's this, and here's this. And I like a lot of them, but there's just no depth to them. The writing is incredibly shallow. The script's uh, terrible. Yeah, and you like, dude, if you if you make it three hour and a half movies, now this is by 80 standards because that would never happen today. They gotta be at least two hours or whatever. Uh, you nail <laughs> you nail the fight choreography, you really stick the visuals. And this movie is a cult classic with a big C because the quality is that much higher. Like if you save that idiotic uh, beast to the final movie and all you show is the eye because it is the eye of Sauron. It's almost shameless in the way they do it. It's bad. It Maybe you, you find a way to make that work by the third movie because it certainly doesn't work here. So, All right. That is a very impassioned defense of crawl i can't say that i agree listener so i'm going to move on to my next little vignette of questions here what was the dumbest part of this movie and <laughs> i have a list uh, yeah we uh, there this is this should be a very long list we should chop it down because there's a lot of dumb parts there's a plethora of dumb stuff here, and I think I've chopped it down to what Chumpzilla feels are the dumbest. Then a proceed, my man. Okay. Um, I think you've hit on this, McCheese. Why didn't the Slayers smoke all the LARPers on planet Crawl with their ranged weapons in a matter of weeks? They have a mobile base of operations, and no one on Crawl seems to have a ranged weapon. Well, other than the one guy with a trident. I think I mentioned this in my one sentence description. You have a race of aliens that have blasters and the blaster technology is shitty because they can only shoot once and then they have to resort to swords that have lightning. Uh, but still they have blasters uh, versus pew, pew, pew. versus literally 1600 English people that just have swords and nothing else. Maybe some whips and mace Every once in a while, a trident. Um, yeah. They should have. Well, they should have cleared house. And even at the beginning, when they're they're at the wedding, the base of the humans, if you will, on Kroll is so dumb they don't hear the force of horses breaking into the base. They're just standing there, like, oh shit, they're here. After they rode in on horses. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole thing I, with the 
with the Slayers and, and obviously uh, the Beast. Uh, the it's creature. highly uneven. It's highly you have yeah. like I got it. You're talking about love and heart, and you know he gets the fire hands eventually. But like they are a race of people with blasters versus sword fighters. The There's, creature. It's not uh, a comparison. The creature from the Black Fortress, who I don't even really know what he wants. Like, oh, they're going to enslave all of us. But as far as I can tell, his force consists of 15 people. Uh, he wants Lysol. He wants Lysol. Yeah, That's he wants Alyssa for question mark. He yeah. doesn't say, like, world domination. He could have killed yeah. both tribes in a matter of minutes with his ranged weapons. Why not just land your castle on top of their castle? <laughs> <laughs> he can go wherever he wanted to. He can. He literally can fast transport that castle in two days. He can smash both kingdoms, and then he's got the whole planet of Krull. The well, moon of Krull. I mean, Krull doesn't even seem like a particularly like inspiring place to conquer. Like there ain't shit there. There's a swamp. There's a bunch of bandits. One of them is wearing a weird dog collar with spikes. Well, no, that's what you normally put on prisoners. Dubs. You just haven't been to jail in a while. Well, well, like, oh, stop shit talking, toe cutter. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, I love that toe guy, cutter. by the way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing on crawl. He doesn't even go get the weapon. <laughs> like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, why don't yeah. you go get the yeah. frisbee of death? The, the, the planet literally has one weapon. He seemingly is not interested. Well, that's a very good point. There's one weapon, two kings, and 45 people total. And then and toe cutter. And then literally the bad wet demon monster and I would roughly say 2,000 ranged weapon equipped that, that, people. That, that sounds like a night after too much Taco Bell and Steel Reserve, the wet demon monster. <laughs> Also true. Also very I've had, true. I've, I've had that in my pants before. It's not good. Comes out with red eyes. And teeth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So, uh, and after that all being said, uh, and yeah, the Cyclops' trident, which seems to be the only ranged weapon on the planet of Krull, seems like a terrible choice of weapon against multiple targets attacking you at once, because you might get one of them. But then you have to like retrieve the weapon before you can throw it to the next guy. So don't how's shit. that Cyclops don't, guy still alive? Don't shit talk the tribe. Yeah, don't I did. It. I like. I'm I'm with T Dubs here. The Cyclops is one of the best parts yeah. of this movie. When he's, oh, he's great, but he's not making it. That dude's toast. When he's running through the swamp to kill the changeling, it's magnificent. Also, when he's when he's trying to shake hands with people, but he can't see out of his costume and is just jabbing his hand at them. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie because he's trying to shake hands and they have to help him because clearly he can't see out of his Cyclops mask. Can, can somebody get Adam McKay on the horn and, and ask if uh, Brick Tamlin killed the guy with a trident because of Krull? Was he inspired by Rel, the great Cyclops warrior from Krull? Just I killed a guy with a trident. Asking for a friend. She probably lay low for a while. But that's clearly not the dumbest part of this movie. It's the by far the best part of the movie. And and okay, so here here is this is probably my pick for the dumbest part of this movie because of the marketing. We technically don't get a single glaive kill in the entire film. That thing is in the movie poster for crying out loud. It's the fucking most iconic thing in the movie. And it technically does not score a single kill. While, while I agree with you that it's a huge miss, he does throw it, I think, twice before he gets into the main battle and kills, like, four 
slayers. So you get four kills, but nothing else. Yeah, you Does get he? a couple of kills, yeah. And they do that weird thing where they make that noise, that really off-putting noise, the way they die. Which yeah, where they I mean, where they puke up a worm that yeah. soaks yeah. into the ground. I guess that's okay. actually I bl- the way I, bl- I, bl- I blacked out on that part of the movie. That's the way they maybe maybe, maybe that wasn't on Pluto. Maybe that wasn't on Pluto, to be fair. That's how they conquer all the planets because people are so off put by killing them because of the sound it makes. So like just all right, you got it, take our planet. <laughs> I can't deal with whatever that noise is. But he doesn't even kill the bad guy with it. The whole movie's based around the glaive, and the bad guy technically does not die from the glaive. No. So gets, I'm sorry, he, he kills some slayers. I, I guess I missed that. I, I'm that's how uninterested. To your point, McCheese, I was doing the dishes, I guess. He, well, he he knocks down the bad guy, but yeah, doesn't doesn't kill him at all with the main weapon. And we just talked about it, but so when you kill the slayers they essentially puke up a giant worm that soaks into the ground that seems like it could be a problem right like they're not quite dead they're, they're there's gone, now, they're gone, there's now a worm dead. monster in the earth that yeah you have to deal with and that absolutely never comes back no not at all and it happens in like the first it happens in the first fight the first the first slayer they kill you see the worm monster go in and i was like oh this is going to be like the thing like and the one's not gone yeah the one and goes into the cool quicksand they yada cool yada effect. yada that like the one that's that goes cool into the effect, quicksand, right? you're like where where to go is it going to come get someone oh no he's just going to drown but but the thing didn't get him. <laughs> whatever next <laughs> yeah whatever uh yeah uh the fire mares really no a number one no i'm a big fan yeah Huge fan let's do no it. shit talk of the fire mares dude that all right is, fair enough fair enough that horse is, captors fire that is, horse yep. captors that is primo fantasy content when the guy's enough. standing on it oh my god oh that was a terrible green screen the it's not worst green lots of bad lots of bad green screen so i'm not ham- i'm not judging this scene for that that's not the problem they are hamming it up where they're doing like horse tricks as they're they're literally doing that helicopter flyby of the Irish countryside. Yeah. Um, how do they somehow ID Ergo by blood spatter? I think it's the Paul Prince because he's yeah. the one who's a changer. Yeah. It's really, it's not important. At that point, like so much dumb shit has happened. You just be like, yeah, of course they know it's him. Wait. I st- I are, still don't are you serious? Was it, was it a paw print? Is that really it? Yeah. Because I was just a- like, he, the, the, he has no purpose until he turns into a tiger and defends the kid. Before that, he does nothing, but he's the comic relief that provides yeah, no yeah. comic relief. So here's a big question I have. But they, but they didn't see him as a tiger, so they wouldn't have known. Well, there's obviously tigers shouldn't exist on crawl. Why does he want to turn into <laughs> human animals? So how does he know what a tiger is? Yeah. And it's actually true. That. They don't I, have any animals on crawl, so how do they know what the fuck like, a tiger is? Why can't he be interesting things? Like he's a pig, he's a goose, he's a dog. And it's why like, can't he be a lizard monster? Yeah. Why can't he be the wet demon monster and fight the other wet demon monster to the end? Yeah. Why mm. can't he turn into the beast and trick all the slayers who are in platform shoes? And if you just ran around in a circle, they'd fall over. <laughs> this guy can barely move. They're like the goons oh. from Mario Brothers. It's like no joke. Like they can't move. <laughs> well, I do appreciate that they change colors. They're black out in the field, but inside the castle, they're white. So you, you know, they're a different kind of weird rubber monster. Well, I took that as they were. That was like the palace guards, like in Star. Yeah, Wars. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So instead of the black, white, and yeah. black, or white, red, it's 
black and white. Yeah, it, it, palette swaps, color changes, whatever. We've already basically hit on this, but the big bad is also killed by not the cool magic ninja star, but by the power of love and organorrhea. You can probably just stop here because this is unequivocally the stupidest part of the movie. Yeah, and I've mentioned this so before, dumb. and I'll say it again. The bad guy is killed once uh, Cowan relieves relieves once Cowan receives his fire powers from his bride in exactly one minute and four seconds. It takes one minute and four seconds to defeat the bad guy of this movie with the power of love it's, and yeah. or gonorrhea. <clears throat> Under half the time it takes the glaive to cut through her cell. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. He, and, oh and it's, God, and it's this be- fucking movie. And, and it's because it was entirely too expensive to film the guy in that rubber suit going like, a minute four seconds that's all you got cut the fire special effects in this movie are abysmal at best <laughs> they're not great and then my last and final insult to this movie is probably the impossible unaided mountain descent to escape the black fortress personally i found that to be insulting because as you said mccheese they blast their way out of the side of the mountain with a fire bolt and then they somehow like make their way down like i don't know a sheer mountain cliff with no help and they're just like we're fine we made it no problem in like i don't know a minute or two the fast travel in this movie is far less offensive than conan at least like (laughs) there's a reason they can get to places fast like they come up with something like conan's just like oh here i am oh i'm here now (laughs) are we sure are we sure yeah. I mean, my my final, I mean, all these are terrible. I don't think we need to pick a winner. The one thing I will say to end this, I am upset at TW for not pointing out the rope swinging that Cowan does during some of these fight scenes. I'm a huge fan of rope swinging. And, uh, <laughs> huge and he's a physical spe- specimen. Like, he pulled yeah. that off. He did, he so, did his own stunts. So. It, what really irked me about the rope swinging is that he kicks like this I don't know. It's like a chandelier thing down. It doesn't hit anybody. It no, it's de- it's definitely made out of plaster or like balsa wood. It hits nobody, <laughs> it hits but it's no on one. fire all of a sudden. And then he rope swings his ass across the room. <laughs> I mean, the choreography is like Spider-Man uh, in the dark. No, no. This <laughs> is hey, whoa, 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 this whoa, is whoa, Robin Hood, whoa, Prince whoa, of stop, Thieves, stop, like stop, trying to be movie. jokey, and it's not supposed to be a jokey movie. T-dubs, stop you right there. This movie did not kill anyone as far as I know. So it almost killed its star and Spider-Man. Almost, but, uh, but did not, but did uh, not hurt several but people. Almost did. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, it's just bad. Uh, the, like, no, they killed they killed a guy on Spider-Man that they shut production down. It, you gotta see it to believe it. Like he kicks this thing down, doesn't hurt anyone, doesn't drop. Then he like slowly rope swings over the crowd. <laughs> you just have T-dubs. to see it. Put it on YouTube on the socials. Go find the yeah. clip, man. No, I want people to buy Crawl. Crawl needs that that bump. Still making that money Don't. back. Liam Neeson needs that that whore money. No, do not do not buy Crawl. Buy do it. Do not buy Crawl. Mm. I bought Crawl. I rented Crawl for four dollars. That was a you can, goddamn mistake. You can bet your ass I'm paying the seven ninety nine no. to buy this. But the the dumbest scene of the movie for me is the fact. Uh, not dumbest scene, but dumbest concept is the fact that yeah, the, the slayers don't just overrun the planet like 
over a long weekend. I'm sorry. That well, for me, yeah, that's it's like they're... they seem they seem way overpowered. I get it. They can't turn their heads left or right and they shuffle but, around like okay, idiots. But, but still, they've got ranged weapons. They just you, shoot yeah. these guys from but distance. To link back to your to link back to your point, they killed two kingdoms worth of people in one night, but they can't kill twenty fugitives. They, they appear to get bored. Uh, I'm not you really guys sure. Are, you guys are asking all the wrong questions. Have you ever been to a Kiss concert? Well, I haven't, but I've seen Kiss. No, no, they I have not. And I don't Kiss plan can, to go. Kiss can barely move on stage because they're in these ridiculous platform shoes. The Slayers have limited mobility. Then how mm-hmm. can they kill two kingdoms during a wedding celebration but not take care of the rest of the planet well, in the span know. of what seems like seven days? They didn't yeah. know he'd form the fellowship of the uh, glaive. Of, of the, of the uh, okay there you go the gonorrhea okay so quickly uh where did this movie go wrong and or it's a two-parter you can pick one or the other not both where did this movie go wrong and how would you improve it well i'll start with you t-dubs because you're the fan i already said how you improve it like you have to flesh out all the ideas the biggest thing is that it's just too overstuffed the two hours is way overstuffed you're right yeah and that's that's where the movie fails is that you have good ideas but there's too many of them and you had to find a way to you know write them and flush them out and make yeah. it more interesting so I'm, I'm, cut, cut some stuff build some stuff up fair enough you know yeah that's fair all right what do you have uh Mary cheese i mean i'm pretty much on his boat um if you thin this thing down and you could turn it into multiple movies if it was well received but like kind of explain the story explain the story give us some more breadth and depth and like build out the characters and why we should give a shit about them and obviously the choreography and the fighting and the weapons etc etc that's all kind of side talk but like there's no reason why i would care about any of these characters when none of them get a half second to be explained like you know, you love the shape-shifting jester, but that dude's a dipshit to me. He does nothing until he turns into a tiger. Like, why even have that fucking guy there? And it's not like those scenes with the tiger, like a big moment in the movie. You literally have like a doped-up tiger wandering in hallways. No, and it's like, like oh, there's a tiger. Wow. There's the tough thing is like there's a million ways to save this movie. I just don't know where you start. I think uh, if I was if I was going to give it my five cent comment is like lay down the groundwork and explain what we're watching and then build the characters out and like what we need to pay attention to the fantasy of it and then build off of that and this movie okay. Uh, okay no offense to ken marshall but the movie desperately needs a star yeah there's there i can't emphasize that enough McCheese, you're right they could they could have built the story up better and to your point thunderstorms right there's no star power here so I think this movie went wrong in a lot of places. Um, so I kind of agree with both of you in certain regards. Um, I think it would have been better without the spider scene because that really didn't help and it hurts the runtime. And Says I you, also you think... Yeah, you, don't I like child, I, you don't like child murder subplots? I disagree it, with that. I don't, I, I don't disagree cool, with the child but murder, but... dark. I disagree with the scenery. The scenery is great. The when he gets to the core yeah you can get rid of that yeah yeah i mean if i had to cut it i'd cut it and uh, uh i do think you should have seen more like glaive murder early on like if he'd used that weapon it'd been cooler been like a more of an action flick but that's not my real answer bear with me for a moment gentlemen 
the epilogue needed a total rework, okay? Because we see the happy folks out in the field frolicking and like, oh, a new king and I'm the king's marshal. Man, whatever. No, stop. Picture this. The movie ends like the Chronicles of Riddick. You keep what you kill. After defeating the beast, Colwyn takes the throne in the Black Fortress, cut to the beast's skull hanging from the front wall of the fortress as a grim totem to the forces of evil. The castle's walls, now noticeably grayer than they had been the last time we'd seen them, cut to his before unseen brother-in-law sulking on Colwyn's throne back in his former castle, horribly disfigured from a slayer attack that Colwyn's actions were too slow to stop. He places a skull-shaped helmet over his disfigured face and laughs maniacally as he says, if he can lose one kingdom, then he can certainly lose a second. The evil sorceress by his side cackles as she casts a large plume of purple smoke upwards. Cut to an exterior shot of the castle, the purple smoke rises above and wraps around one of the spires, looking almost like a snake in appearance. Fade to black. While Skeletor cackles, boom, pay me. I mean, yeah, I'd watch it. So (laughs) definitely watch it. It's a very far reach, but I would also probably buy it. This would have been a sweet He-Man origin film. Yeah, Castle Grayskull, Skull Mountain, boom, done. Dude, show us some of that leg, Colin. Where's Evil Lynn? Get them thighs out, son. Get them thighs out, dude. Sun's out, thighs out. Trident's out, too. Uh, Bring back Rel. I have way too much fun writing that for the record. All right, listener, we need to take a break and freshen up our brews before we take on the competitive portion of the pod. Up next, this is the one without Kevin Sorbo. Thank God, trivia challenge. In the meantime, here's a message from our Wobam Entertainment tag team partners over at the Double Turn Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wobam Entertainment. It's now time for This is the One Without Kevin Sorbo. Thank God, Trivia Challenge. Standard format tonight, gentlemen. Five questions, multiple choice, and tonight you'll be playing for Cyclops' trident. Sorry, I couldn't afford one of the Glaive props. Tonight, the chime in is, I have no kingdom, along with the pod standards. I'm going to shoot. And tarts and farts. Well, two things. T-Dub's already bought the glaive, so we don't have to worry about that. And can I chime in with fire and water? <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. The mystery of steel. <laughs> I will it. also accept you're a wizard, Harry. Whatever that sounds like. I've never seen a Harry Potter movie, so I assume that's what that sounds like. Yeah, so. sure, sure you have it. <laughs> I mean, I'll keep asking, but 100% of the time I'm Gonna go with I'm gonna shoot. I tried it. I'm right there. Let's do this. 
Just make sure you pick it up after you stab the guy. But anyway, question number one. Derek Mettings worked on Kroll's visual effects, and he's most famous for working on the Reeves Superman movies and the James Bond films. What was the last James Bond film he worked on? Was it A, Moonraker, B, The Living Daylights, C, Goldeneye, or D, The World is Not Enough? I have no kingdom. That would be The Thunderous Wizard. You have to answer first. Uh, I'm going to go with The Living Daylights. That would be incorrect. Mary McCheese, you can steal. I will give your remaining three answers. I got to hear them again. Yeah, I will give them to you. It is A, Moonraker, C, Goldeneye, or D, The World is Not Enough. Moonraker. That is incorrect. He Ah! did work on Moonraker, but C, Goldeneye Goldeneye. was the last movie that Derek Mettings worked on. He only worked in the post-production work. He was like 80 years old at the time, quite old, but he worked on it. So anyway, moving on, tied zero to zero. We're at question number two. Robbie Coltrane had a role in another sci-fi fantasy film that bombed. Which movie was it? Was it A, Tron? Was it B, King Arthur, colon, Legend of the Sword? Was it C, John Carter, or D, Flash Gordon? I have no kingdom. Thunderous Wizard. I'm going to go with King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. That was the Guy Ritchie movie, and that is wrong. Merriment Cheese, Man, I'm going to give you your remaining answers. Is yeah, it you're going to, you're going to a, have to always give me the remaining answers on these. I'm right there with you, brother. Is it A, Tron, C, John Carter, welcome back to the pod, or D, Flash Gordon? Let's try Tron. He's British. <clears throat> I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It was, it was D, Flash, Flash Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. He was one of the guys on the tarmac when Flash took off, whatever. Okay, two questions in, folks, and we're tied zero to zero. This is tough, but we're going to get through it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm terrible at trivia unless the questions are very simple. These are not simple questions. I definitely knew it was This is not a simple movie. And I knew it was not John Carter. That was obvious because we did John Carter. Well, I thought he might be like a voice actor in John Carter. I thought that might trick you up. All right, it doesn't matter. Question number three. Kroll won the top honor at the 1983 Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. The what? The Stinkers. <laughs> Come on, man. The Stinkers. You don't know about the Stinkers? Yeah. The Stinkers. Are these like yeah. the Stinkers. The like Stinkers things. Bad Movie Awards. These like yeah. the Dundies? It's a thing. It's yeah, like before like... the Razzies. It was, it was yeah. cool. In the yeah. 80s. Yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah. cocaine. Uh, Very Freddy... popular on Kroll, the planet. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Kroll is the, the good guy. Shut up. Keep reading the was question. It, was Kroll the bad guy? Whatever. Uh, uh, yeah. So, Freddie, the old one, Jones, also appeared in 1984's winner. So, the old oh, one was dang. in Kroll. And then the following year, in 1984, he also appeared in that year's winner of the Stinker's Bad Movie Award for the top honor of worst movie. Very was fun. it A, <laughs> Dune? Was it B, Rhinestone? Was it C, Porky's 2, colon, the next day? Or was it D, Cannonball Run 2? Oh, this, I mean, I. You want to yeah. go first? Because I have no idea. Do you I'll just go, go first. first. You, go first? Uh, I, you know what? Uh, uh, I have no, I have no, you know. Um, Thunder Swizzard. 
Like a rhinestone cowboy. I'm sorry, but that is incorrect. Mary McCheese, again, it's a, it's a you have a chance movie, to steal here. It is a terrible movie. I'm going to um, shoot. Okay, what is your choice? Whatever the Porky's ones that you said. Kim Cattrall is not in that one, and the answer is no. Jesus Christ. It was Christ. a Dune. Dune was the Dune. winner? Dude, is, that's Dune. absurd. Yeah. Dune is Same not mustache. Good, Same exact mustache. Dude is yeah. certainly not the worst movie of 1984. It was not loved. It was not loved. Okay, so we're still at goose eggs, uh, listeners, as we come into question number four. And uh, I'm a little demoralized here. I feel like my trivia is a failure, but we'll the continue this quiz. You made this quiz too hard. This is the worst quiz ever. I was saying Boo Earns. Okay, you're the, the Lissa of this pod. Lysol. Okay. Not all the awards committees hated Kroll. It was nominated for several Saturn Awards. In which category was it not? I emphasize not nominated for. A, best costumes. B, best music. C, best actor. Or D, best fantasy film. I want to shoot. Mary McCheese. B. B as in best music? Or is that B? That's B. Just double checking. B, B, That is incorrect. No way. It was nominated fuck? for best the music. The music was terrible in this. No. Uh, I'm sorry. Take Thunderous back. Wizard loves the music, so that's uh, the falsehood. Okay, uh, Thunderous yeah. Wizard, I'm going to give you the answers because I want to maximize your chances at success here. The remaining answers are best costumes, best actor, or best fantasy film. Which one was it not nominated if, for? Oh, if, if, not. If, if, it's, bitch. if it's not best actor, I'm going that is to correct. leave the room. <laughs> I screwed up. I screwed up on the on the not part. Damn it. Yeah, that's an SAT trick. Gotcha. Got All it. right. Thunder Wizard, you've got one point here and a one point lead heading hey, into Hey, someone's gonna win now. Someone's gonna number win. five. It could be a win, it could be a tie. It's mostly on the table, mostly, folks. mostly two dubs winning. This is the absolute yeah. thrill of sport. Here we go. Yeah, question right number now, five. Too, to the final wire. The term glaive does not typically refer to a throwing star. Nope. <laughs> what type of weapon is it? Is it A, a scythe? Is it B, a halberd? Is it C, a pike? Or D, a claymore? <laughs> um, uh, D-Dubs will let you go first because I have no idea. Um, uh, now, whatever. I'm going to shoot. Yeah. Mirror me cheese. I'll go with an A. A scythe. That would be incorrect, sir. I am sorry. Yeah, so Thanks uh, for playing. I would go with B. Uh, T-dubs, yeah, I would go with B. It's, it's B. B. A halberd. That is correct. And yeah. I'd like to point out, if Captain Cash was here, he would point out that, that one of those CGI abominations from the last couple of Marvel movies was Corius Glaive, and he had a halberd. Yeah, the, I, I mean, the, I knew it was a, a real weapon. He had the, uh, it's a stabby stick. He had the stick. It's not a pike. It's not a spear. It's the stabby stick with a curved blade. I was yeah. actually between A and B, but I didn't think A was right, but I knew it wasn't the other two. I, I would just like to appreciate the fact that the medieval Europeans took the time to classify the different varieties of long stick, stabby Stab, things. Long, yeah. stabby, long we, stabby things. Can we ask the, long stabby things? 
Can we ask the important question though? Why name the most important prop of your movie after a real weapon that it looks nothing like? And that you don't use for an hour and 40 minutes into the movie. I was about to say, naming it Knife Frisbee is probably better. For also, <laughs> the old guy never tells them that if you hold it incorrectly, it's literally going to chop your hand off. Well, it chops your whole like, fucking hand off. Yeah. Oh, no, we, we, we learned that in, in Mad Max. Yeah. Also, you know what else we didn't talk about? How when he goes to the fires of Mount Doom, he just grabs it out of the molten lava with yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> does not affect his hand. Well, at again, all. He the whole time he's grinning like an idiot, which gives him a pass to do whatever he wants. <laughs> Whenever he opens the stupid glaive or he grabs it out of what only looks like the shit from Ghostbusters mm. 2, he just smiles, smiles real huge, and nothing bad happens to him. Well, with that being said, enjoy your prize, <laughs> uh, T-dubs, and enjoy your uh, trident as best as you can it's it's single use though once you throw it it's pretty much done oh, unless be, you like jog over to retrieve it wasting fools that tried and just sprinting <laughs> full on to get it back to get somebody else I, as far as i can tell now that you mentioned it, it's like a medieval exercise device you like, murder and run you yeah, murder and run which yeah, sprints I mean, are character building considering so he lives Jablin. in arizona he's gonna throw it once and then melt you know what I mean? Oh, you, you don't have uh, you have no idea how many slayers exist in like Metro Phoenix. Yeah, I'm gonna ride my uh, fire mare from, from uh, Trident Kill to Trident Kill. So that's just your normal car, but outside yeah. on fire because it's so literally. goddamn hot there. <laughs> yep. You know, it never comes up in the movie that they would literally catch fire riding the fire. Shut mare, up! Shut up! Shut is. up! Shut up! <laughs> it, it, don't pick on the the horse copters, okay? Just. Just you know, cyclopses are fire retardant. That's just science. Yeah, let's not let's not get too deep in this late in the pod. They're or something. Fi- they're okay. flying fire horses. Yada yada yada. Let's go to recommendations. Mayor McCheese must be uh, psychic because we are at recommendations. Um, I would be selfish and start first here, but I won't. I'm going to kick it over to T Dubs. T Dubs, what would you recommend the listener check out this week? I'm still just chugging my way through Jackie Chan films. And now I've done uh, Rumble in the Bronx, which is one of my favorites. Uh, love it. It's free on HBO Max. Watch it. Uh, you know, because I started watching Falcon of the Winter Soldier. Finally, finally started watching that. And that show costs a lot of money. And the fight scenes are shit. And it really, <laughs> it, <sucks. laughs> yeah, it really, really bugs me. Remember we, we talked about close crop. Close crop fight scenes. I can't stand them. But so much of that show just looks bad. And even the special effects look bad. So I like watching people do real stunts. And that's why I watch Rumble in the Bronx. And as far as the Falcon and the Winter Soldier goes, it's very disappointing because we've all seen what Sebastian Stan can do. Yeah. And also Anthony Mackie in the Marvel films. Like, I'm sorry, but the Sebastian Stan stuff from uh, the, the, the movie The Winter Soldier... It's solid. That guy can do fights. There's, they there's, do nothing yeah. with it in the show. There's not a yeah, single action scene so far in Falcon and the Winter Soldier that even rivals the Batroc to Leaper fight on the ship. Don't, in, uh, don't start Soldier. the best comic movie I've ever seen. <clears throat> anyway, uh, uh, all right, before I get all wax and philosophical over T-dubs here, uh, Merrick Cheese, give us a recommendation. What you got? 
And don't say coal. Don't say coal. If you say coal, I swear to God. I am not going to say coal. You know, my recommendation is? I've not seen that movie, and I will never see that movie. Vacation. Tia Carrere. Tia Carrere. Nicest planet ever. Crawl. Only two, I mean, there's only like 45 people there. You can have fun. It's a move. By Crumb. I, I am very excited because it looks like I beat TW to the punch. Mine is very short. Um, you should all go on YouTube and check out the trailer for Halloween Kills. Bloomhouse is bringing it back with John Carpenter. And that movie looks fucking great. Well, he to be fair, he was back for... 2018's Halloween was 2018. He did the music, and that's why it's awesome. And that movie is also great. But that trailer, you're right. Ooh, oh boy, Dude, son! They, they even re- reference Halloween three, The Witching Hour. Come on, like I'm which, which, you, man, which is the like, not Mike Myers movie, guys. That's the yeah. like the, the not Mike not, Myers. Not stuff, at all. As, as your as your horror movie loving uh, pod contributor who missed the void, which I'm bummed about. I am very excited for Halloween Kills. But, but hey, McCheese, did you watch The Void? I have not had a chance because this week. Oh, you got to Again, you guys know, and I'll give the pod listener, it's my kid's birthday, so no. I've been spending most of the week getting pumped, getting ready for that. But I did see the trailer for Halloween Kills. I will watch The Void very soon because I listened no to judging. No judging. Your guys' pod definitely sold me on The Void. I just haven't had a chance yet. Oh, check it out. I, I, I'm no, no, glad I, you guys... I, I, I plan to. I I would assume that I'll probably get to it next week during our break week, and then I'll give my insights when we do F nine. But my boner might be so big during F nine that I can't focus straight. We don't want to interrupt that. I'm just saying. I think you're going to be surprised by it, McCheese. It is a very good independent horror film, and it's like it's weird and gross in all the right ways. You're going to love it. I'm pumped. I'm, I'm, pumped, to, I, I'm I, pumped to watch it. I just need time. Well, thanks. But here's my recommendation for the week, and it is the Toy Galaxy YouTube channel. I'm taking things down a notch here, I realize. It's a channel dedicated to reviewing uh, toy lines and entertainment properties, mainly from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, This is a shot of Gen X and very early millennial, like myself, nostalgia, straight into your veins it's hosted by dan larson and he covers everything from the humanoids to chris star to my beloved secret wars marvel toys and i'll admit i'm a little disappointed because the marvel episode was only about seven and a half minutes long that toy line deserves way more attention but whatever check it out it's on youtube toy galaxy the guy covers all sorts of obscure weird toy lines from the 70s 80s and 90s and they're nice little like 10 to 15 minute watches so that's my recommendation thanks for joining us tonight loyal listener on this magnificent journey with our hero crawl uh or uh colon colon and his magical kingdom of crawl no wait no uh did it even have a name is the kingdom the castle something grayskull i don't know uh, which exists on the planet crawl ah there we go. Finally, the planet crawl. Uh, join us next week for the third installment of our Hops and Fantasy Flop series. We'll be talking about not the director's cut of Ridley Scott's ill-fated attempt at a Zelda movie, 1985's Legend. No, 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 no. We're going to talk about F9 because <laughs> these movies have gone over the moon they are way out there and they are now fantasy so forget the sword and sorcery we're going straight 
muscle cars and testosterone f9 baby mary cheese are you ready dear listener this is my wheelhouse and i am very excited to bring you f9 because these movies are not grounded in reality anymore you can't actually admit that they are beyond fantasy they are fast and fantasy nine and we will be doing it next week is john cena even a real person at this point does it matter does it no, we're gonna do legend. We're gonna all get to legend. What they, we're gonna Eventually. take back to legend because I have to wait for the director's cut DVD. I live my uh, life a quarter mile of, of so fire galloping at a legend. time. A quarter mile at a time. <laughs>